This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. So uh, are you doing your bit to help them out financially? Hey, well, exactly. We've, I think Stephen needs as much as he can get coming back into the club. He's given us enough. So if I can just go and get a shirt, then uh, I'm very happy to do that to help my help uh, them along the way. Yeah. When we last spoke, uh, although we've spoken in between, I think, a couple of times, when we last talked on the podcast, it was uh, one of the very first ones we did. And uh, at that time, I think it might even have been just before... Lee Johnson left, but it was a funny old, I mean, it's been a funny old 15 months, 513 days it'll be when I walk in to see them against Aston Villa was since the last time at Ashton Gate, but your thoughts on the tail end of Lee Johnson and Holden and then Pearson coming in, just a quick wrap on the, on, on that. Okay. Yeah, what I would say was that I think it was time for Lee to go. I think you look you look back on it now and say how uh, pleased we should be with what he did. But there again, there was a bit of an issue and there was a bit of a mess about where we were going forward. I think the difficulty is, for us as fans, is, uh, for me, the appointment of Dean Holden. I got nothing against Dean and everyone in the business says what a nice guy he is. And he is. But... I think the way that was handled, you do five, six weeks due diligence, and then you end up with the number two was completely wrong. Now, you might look at it and say, well, actually, what he did at the beginning of the season actually kept us up because when Nigel took over, it was a disaster and we couldn't win anything and we could have been in a relegation battle. Yeah. But I think it all stems from that appointment. And, and if there's any criticism of um, the board going backwards, it's in our appointments of manager, which is why I feel Nigel Pearson is absolutely the right choice. And I'm, so you've I'm, met, I think you said to me before we started recording, you've, you've met Nigel. I mean, he's got a fearsome reputation and his record since leaving Leicester City, it's fragmented at best. You know, 30, I think it's 96 games. I just checked it, 30 games won. And his start at City's not being great. But I, I'm like you. I think he's 
the man. But uh, tell us what you know about Nigel from your dealings with well, him. Well, yeah, Nigel's, Nigel's a, an interesting character. I think we all know that. You only need to look at his interviews um, at the end of matches and you realise, you know, what sort of a character. He's a deep thinker. Um, he is... Uh, he, he thinks in a different way, I think, to some people, but he's very uh, keen on that core collective spirit. And he understands um, that team ethos, and that's what he, he will generate. And I think he is beginning to generate. Give him a bit of time. Yes, we've got to. But I think what the board has done in employing Nigel Pearson is almost giving him the remit to say, right, you reshape this. We've done this. We've done that. We've <clears throat> we've done it with with young. We've done it with untried. We've had a go at some more experienced, and it and it hasn't quite worked. So I'm. We are now entrusting in you, and I think it's a big ask for you to actually, within two or three years, put us on the verge of the Premier League. And ultimately, uh, Potts, I, I I still think there's only one place up for grabs in the league. You know, the top two are more or less going to be those clubs that come down from the Premier League and therefore you're looking at one more place. It's bloody hard to get out of this. So you're, you're aiming for top six at best and then and then you're in a little mini tournament against Correct. clubs that are always going to have more resources than, than you. Correct. And look, they've, they've got, we've had millions poured into us. They've had hundreds of millions poured into them. Mm. Nothing against Stephen. He's ploughed in every bit of cash that he thinks is right, and and thank goodness for him, and we should be grateful for that. But if you look but, at losses and the ground improvements, it's not far short. And losses, ground improvements, team changes, and what have you, it's not far short of a quarter of a billion. If it's not that, you know, which is a big, which is a big number. How pivotal do you think it was? Because there have been some pivotal changes off the field, really. First of all, Mark Ashton. You know, there's been he's coming for a lot of criticism, and if you look at fan talk and what have you, and just do a bit of digging around, you know, clearly I think his head was turned last summer, and you know, he, I think he won the supporters' award for the champagne moment of the season when he left. So Ashton's gone. He's taken Andy Rolls with him as well up to Ipswich. Richard Gould's come in. You couldn't get two different characters to Mark Ashton and Richard Gould, could you? Good, absolutely, because Richard will be behind the scenes, um, smoothing things over, making thought and sure things, um, the club runs smoothly and, and the, you know, the wheels are all oiled and he'll definitely be, be behind the scenes, won't be taking any, end, end of the, any of the credit and you know what Mark Ashton was like, he liked the limelight, um, he, he was very good at being um, in the public eye when things went right and when things weren't going wrong, and my big criticism of the club, and I've said it on numerous occasions, and indeed offered my services, is that communication between club and fans. And I think that's where the club really uh, let the fans down last year. And I, and I think they've started to re-engage this year, and I think that's really important. They've taken the message on board, mm. they've listened, and things are beginning to, to be put right, and that will obviously help with with us being back in the ground. Yeah. And one of the other key signings, again, off the field, was Dave uh, Rennie, not to be confused with the former balding midfielder. I know. I, yeah. I was expecting to see him turn yeah, up. No, he's, he's not. Working. And equally that, equally that uh, chief scout, Steve Walsh, who's been mooted, is not the Steve Walsh that used to play for Pierce, used to play for Leicester either. But if we yeah. look at this thing with City with injuries, 
there was clearly something going wrong there, wasn't it? And in Rennie, that's probably the most pivotal thing that he's got is a guy that he knows, he's known for 20 years. I think, uh, I think there were extraordinary circumstances last year and clearly something went slightly wrong. I think the pressure on sports scientists was intense and immense last year um, because they'd never had to deal with such a you know, rolling amount of, uh, of football without any break. Um, and and we, you know, we as fans didn't know when the next game was coming along. So can you imagine what it was like as players and the pressure that that's, that puts you under? So clearly something did go wrong. I think unless, and I haven't seen any of the stats and I, I haven't actually um, gone into the club to find out really what did go wrong there. You know, there used to be complaints at Arsenal. They were always picking up these injuries. Um, at Spurs, when I was working up in London a lot, they were always getting injured and you were, you know, questioning their, their training techniques and what was going on. So there can be issues at clubs where they where they are overdoing stuff, but I, I don't know the real reason, but I think we'll, find out this year if everything is a bit better yeah. well, um, that Andy but, rules I mean he had a he was at West Ham when I think uh, Andy Carroll and others were well Andy Carroll's always in he had problems at West Ham and he had problems at Arsenal and it seems as and he happens to be in Mark Ashton's entourage so hence him going out to Ipswich but you're absolutely right if we can get the players fit fitter because you know they, they there's clearly something been uh, something been lacking there, hasn't there, from uh, from that perspective? Yeah, and I, I think look, Nigel is one for having a fit squad. Every manager wants a, a fit squad, but not just necessarily fit. It's a robust squad that survives. And I would say one thing, and we'll probably move on to this, um, Potts, that that I'm slightly concerned by our intake in that the injury difficulties that they have had as players and whether that will impact our season when you bring in players that have had obviously injury difficulties throughout their career. And you're talking there, we'll come on to it in a moment in a bit more detail, but you're talking there, Matty James, Andy King, and uh, twilight of his career, almost the midnight of his career, Danny Simpson. I mean, he's got, he's got voices and presence in the dressing room, but we hope that it's not going to turn into another Chris Brunt situation. Well, I mean, yeah. what, one, one of the, I think one of the pivotal moments where we really seemed to be going downhill last season, just before Nigel uh, arrived, was to do with the Famara Diju situation. You know, because we knew, we'd been knowing this time last year that we'd have 12 players out of contract in the summer. And then Ashton saying at that Sky game against Norwich, you know, yes, we've made him a good offer, and apparently he'd not offered the likes of Liam Walsh a contract, et cetera, et cetera. And then Fam didn't put in a display worthy of the name. And their most expensive player, he goes out the door for nothing. Do you think that was bad management that, again, nothing to do with Steve Lansdowne yeah, or John because, OK, they appointed him. But it was just a cacophony of errors, wasn't it? Absolutely. When you look at, you can't have 13 players out of contract in a you know, at the no. end of one season. You can't leave, have that amount of people. Go back 12 months. You can't have that amount of players in the last year of their contract because that is, that's half a squad disappearing. Mm. So something in the recruitment there has gone wrong. Um, and you may want to get rid of 12, 13 players, which we have, but you can't be in that position when you're doing it all at once. That's mm. that management, I think, 
you know, you're running a business um, and you are trying to succeed, you can't you lose more or less half your workforce and expect to bring in however many new people, which are largely less because you're trying to save money and still perform at, at the same level or make yourself better. I think that's a big ask. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at the, the pre-season. I mean, it's not something that, uh, I mean, all of the games have been uh, visible. I haven't watched them. I've been, and I think others have, been a bit disturbed that there doesn't seem to be a particular pattern of play emerging. And Nigel had 14 games. Probably he didn't expect to get the easy ride he's had from the fans. He got a draw against Celtic, which is no great shape because I think they lost to Mitterland or yeah, something. Exactly, in the um, I look back on that side that played against Fulham, as I say, 513 days ago, and everybody's hoping that the Villa match will show what our opening team lineup against Blackpool will be. But interestingly, that game against Fulham, of the 11 that started that day, six, despite all the changes that we've been talking about, six are pretty certain, I think, not my first choice 11, but yeah. pretty certain to be in the lineup against Blackpool and those names, Jada Silva, Thomas Callas, Baker, O'Dowder, Wyman and Wells. And the only other players that are still at the club, uh, he started the game, Masengo and Casey Palmer. So despite all those changes, you look at those eight players, well, six, six of them look definite. That's quite a surprising number, I think, don't you? Yeah, and, and Bentley as well. Would he be in on that one? Ben, um, no, Nicky Mempar played against Fulham. Because I think Bentz was having a bit of a wobbly yeah. time, which caused, I think, Brentford to let him go. I mean, you know, I've got a few friends who are Brentford fans. He said he was great, and then he lost confidence. But, I mean, he, he's been one of our uh, better players, without a doubt. Although, uh, yes. I think he made a bit of a hash of uh, one of the goals we conceded the other day. But let's look at the squad. I mean, do, have you any idea what you think the best lineup is or the format? Is it three five two? Is it four two three one? I mean I think I think he might end up playing four two three one, but um, you know, does that mean that Chris Martin's got to play uh, up top on his own? And are we relying on him to play forty odd games? Because at the moment we don't have you're not you don't really want Naki playing as a, a proper number nine, do you? Or do you play I mean there there is versatility there. I think there are but I'd far prefer you to have a way of playing that they will know about rather than having options to adapt to, yeah. you know, uh, opposition or whatever. Well, if you look at individual, or let's look at, let's look at, because they played two games this week, one at Exeter and one at um, uh, Plymouth, Plymouth. And, they, yeah. and they won both. And I put up on OTIB, would Team A, sorry, would Team B, which is the Plymouth team, yeah, be 100% certain to beat Team A. And if you look at Team A, I'll just run through it. Max O'Leary in goal. I think he's not a bad goalkeeper. He's not, I Very don't recall matches where he's flat. They had a back four at Exeter of Danny Simpson, Thomas Callas, Taylor Moore, Cameron Pring. That compares with the one at uh, Plymouth of uh, Zach Viner, Baker who's left-footed, as is Atkinson, and Atkinson, De Silva. Not a lot to choose between those two back fours, is there really? No, not bad. And I think, you know, we will be working on a, on a back four being more, more solid at the back. That has been our problem. Um, and I think that will be the, definitely be the way forward for us. And if we work together, rather than speculate, and we can a little bit, if we work on a 4-2-3-1, 
So do you think it would be Callas and Baker as your first choice pairing, bearing in mind that Atkinson's left-sided? You know, we got a lot of left-sided uh, players in defence because, as I say, we've got Pring, you've got Towler. He's let the lad Nurse go to uh, Shrewsbury, although he's a fullback. But uh, do you think Callas and Baker would be your ideal pairing? And then that's leaving out one of the players... 1.6 million transfer. That's probably one of the biggest transfers in this division from the non-parachute clubs. I think, look, you know that you're not going to get a full season out of Baker. I mean, it's yeah. as simple as that. And I think if you can get Atkinson in early and get him playing, I think that's your ideal partnership. I think that's what he wants because you know that you, you can't rely on Bakes to be there for 46, maybe not even 16 games of the season, unfortunately. Yeah. Great. Before he came, I spoke to Tim Sherwood. Uh, about him because he had him at uh, he had him at Villa and he said, look, he's a he's a you know he's a really good defender, um, but he's brittle. You know he he breaks down and and that's exactly unfortunately that's exactly what's been the case. But re-signing him on clearly a lower wage, you think that was a good move anyway? So I, I, I think yeah, and and he gets bonuses when he plays. Uh, you know I think that's probably the way to do it because he's not a bad defender. You've just got to you know that might actually be be pretty shrewd. Um, that you're saving yourself some money, but you've still got a decent centre-half there. Yeah. I mean, Jay De Silva, um, again, his his career at Bristol City has been blighted by injury. A yeah. uh, little bit lacking in height. He, he, But you would say, without a doubt, he's going to be a first-choice uh, left-back if it's going to I be think, a... I think so. We're, we're sometimes vulnerable at the back post, aren't we? If with, a, with a diagonal, when he's defending that back post, we are a little bit vulnerable because he is small, but... He needs a run because there is no doubt of his technical ability. He's uh, certainly his uh, prowess going forward. I think we've missed that. We need a bit of punch from fullback, and I think he can offer that. And he need, he needs a run of game. So I, yeah. you know, I I like Jay, and I think he's a very decent footballer. And and we haven't seen the best of him yet. Yeah. Very quickly to finish on the back four, Danny Simpson or Zach Viner? Or do you think it's good to have a player like Simpson on the bench? I mean, I, I feel Zach's always got a, I won't say a mistake, but a lapse of concentration in him. And he can play in the middle as well, but, you know. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I like him. I think he's a, a, a solid footballer. And the fact that he's been be able to play in the centre of midfield, which he did at times um, last year, I think... Uh, he, I, I like him a lot, and I know some people say, "Oh, he's you know, he gives the ball away." But I just think he's got that footballing ability that we might need. Yeah, if you look at the midfield. I mean, this is this has been, as we often say, certain fans, and I, I'm quite a few years older than you. We haven't had a midfielder since Jerry Gow left. Interestingly, <laughs> that his grandson is playing for uh, Bournemouth at the moment, so yeah. uh, it'd be good to get him back. And, and maybe, you're, as I say, you are younger than me, you might say you haven't had a midfielder since Gary Shelton left. But we seem to be overpopulated with midfielders now. Again, if you look at the Exeter team, Backinson, Nash, Alex Scott, and I'll talk about him separately later, Joe Williams, if he's fit, it's like having a new player. That's a four there. And then if you look at the team at, uh, at Plymouth, Palmer, James, King and Callum O'Dowda. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what your, your two anchors, I guess, your two anchors could be, if they're fit, you could have Matty James and Joe Williams, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and your creativity 
well, I mean, you know, do, do, where, where does that, what, what would your midfield be, you know, if you looked at uh, what, what's available? And it's a four. Yeah, I, you know what? I would love to have Liam Walsh there because I wanted it. I wanted to see him play. I think he's a really technical footballer and I wanted him alongside uh, Joe Williams. But let's go back to what we got. Yes, you're, I think that spine needs, um, you know, securing. And that's what Nigel has done. And he's, that's why he's brought in. Um, Matty James and I think that does give us some solidity but you know I'm I think Adam Nage proved in the Euros what a decent player he is. and you know and I, and I like him I, you know he works really hard I think our problem is playing forward that was our issue too easy to play sideways and backwards and I like the fact that that Tyreek play what just gets his head up and looks forward yeah his trouble is he gives the ball away too much at the moment yeah. and he knows that but I love the way he just picks up the ball and he's looking forward and he's just trying to get things going. And he's bulked up a bit. I don't know whether you've seen him on any of the pre-match, but absolutely. You know, he's he's got he's got a physicality that's there, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think he's a player, and I can see why I liked him on why he played so many games last season. But because he's got that positive aspect. But I think Nigel will be cautious this season. I think yeah. definitely it'll be you know protecting. It'll be very much the Gareth Southgate of, of let's not concede. God help us. Um, you talk about players giving the ball away and what have you. Um, Casey Palmer, uh, the nearly man at every club he's been to. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's been running around a lot. And, and Callum O'Dowder, you know, five crosses in a, in a season's good for him. I'm, I'm being harsh. He seems as though he's got one of those wing spots... Uh, in the bag, though, would you would you agree with that? Yeah, and I'm, I, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not, I'm just not convinced that Callum is going to give us enough of what we need. I think he's, you know, he's a decent footballer, but I think if we're progressing, uh, unfortunately, I think we need we need more coming, we need more productivity, and I don't think, and I don't think we've had that. Um, he's been with us for quite a long time. I think he's had plenty of opportunities. Um, but I'm not, I'm not convinced that he is the answer to, to giving mm. us those options. Where I think Casey, yeah, Casey is uh, is a better footballer. Frustrating, yes, gives the ball away in wrong places, but can play a pass like nobody else in the in the club can. Yeah. And I think that's the frustration for every manager, and you know everyone sees that. One player that again we haven't seen him in many minutes, and the phrase goes, if you what is it, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Alex Scott. I mean, he came on whenever I've seen him. He's only 17 and he plays like a player who's in his early, you know, he's got a confidence. Oh, yeah? he, gets, he, wants, he wants the ball and he's happy to receive the ball, turn, look, bring players in. Uh, I think, yes, a lot of ability there. He's preco it's a precocious talent and that doesn't fit well with, do you think he'll be a cameo player? Because what we don't want, look how many players over the last four years, we were stocking up all these youngsters, you know, Freddie Hines, classic example, you know, it's four seasons ago now that he scored against Watford in that famous uh, uh, Caribou Cup sequence. I think Scott's got to stay around this season, even if it's getting the odd half hour. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think he gave us something that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and and look, I think it's great we nurture our talent and we try and include them. We included probably too many last year, but that was um, because we needed to. Um, 
but there's a the, the, we've always found, and I think every club has this difficulty of finding the balance of when you're bringing in your academy players and how long you bring them in for before taking them out again and, and putting someone else in and what's the reason for them coming in? Are they worth it? Are they just filling in because there are so many injuries? What And, and then, you know, I think we've done quite well with some players, sending them out on loan, bringing them back as better players. Um, and, you know, when they're young, what all the coaches will tell you, you know, that you can be great 17, 18, and then... You, you don't progress as much as people anticipate and therefore we, and you don't get that much better. So the, the, the trajectory is not always up. It, you, you can, you know, stall in your career and therefore they don't become the player that everyone expects them to have been, when, you know, when they were watching them at 17. And you can't tell that with some players. No. And talking about young players with promise, I mean, it's two years now. Uh, he's not featured in hardly any of the games. I think he's... Uh, Allegedly, he's injured. But Hanno Masengo, 46 games. He's not turned 20 yet. Um, no goals, no assists. Not featuring because of injury. But, you know, where where does he fit in? And he cost us a fair old sum, didn't he? He did. And look, I, uh, yeah, I, look, it's a, I think this is a difficult one because when, when Nigel came in, he, he sort of wanted to play him and he buzzed around that midfield. And I think he changed him a bit rather than sort of running around like a headless chicken. He gave him more direction. And he, yeah. I think he understands he's a better player than he was two years ago when he arrived. Um, I, I, I still like him. I'm not worried about no assists. Um, I, I'm not worried about no goals because I don't think he's that sort of a player. I think he's, a, you know, he is that messer. He's that dynamo in midfield. But again, he might be more happy playing a, little, a small sideways ball to, to Joe Williams or, uh, you know, whoever, Tyreek, rather than turning, looking and going forward. But there is still something there mm. that needs nurturing. And I, I wouldn't want to see him go or be, you know, it may be we sacrifice Adam Naj to go because there may not be a place for him because we've got so many in that yeah. congested midfield as we're talking about, and we may get a bit of money for him. And that's, and that would be a shame because I think, you know, he's a decent player and he's given a lot for the club. Well, he did, as you say, he did well. So let's move on to the problem area to, to sort of uh, almost finish. Um, up front, uh, team A, it was uh, Mickey Bell's son alongside Naki. Uh, and then down at Plymouth, it was Andy Vyman, alongside Chris Martin. Um, Semenyo has, I guess, to be included in that lot, although you could argue he's a wide player. But other than Naki, um, you, you, it's difficult to see where the goals are going to come from. I mean, Naki could be good. He's 31 now. Andreas Weiman coming back after an ACL. Pace was always his, uh, his thing. Um, I'd be disappointed if we lined up with Wyman, Martin and Wells playing in that left-sided role that he's so ineffectual in. I mean, you know, do we do four, two, three? No, we've done three. We, we, well, we're working yeah. on four, four, two. I, I think you'll be disappointed, Potts. I think uh, Naki might end up on that left-hand side. Um, and, so he offers, but that doesn't get it. Doesn't doesn't offer anything from a crossing point of view. If you end up with Vyman and Wells on the wings and Chris Martin in the middle, you've not really got crossers of the ball or anything like that. And Chris Martin, 
you know, who's a lookalike for that Hugo in Love Island, I saw somebody say. <laughs> I'm not watching that. You've not watched it. No, I'm no, no. I, I, it happens to be on, and I occasionally oh, do yeah, it. Of course, yeah. Chris Martin's looked a bit sluggish. You know, he's not going to get you 15 well, goals a season from centre-forward at this stage of his career. He's got, look, he hasn't got the pace, uh, but he is a presence. And, look, we saw him, you know, he doesn't need much room on the edge of the box to be able to put one in, as we saw last year. But if he's not getting service in the air, um, you know, he's not going to run beyond too many defenders, is he? He wants no. you know, crosses to attack. So it, it's uh, that's why I think we still need a striker. We need an out and out nine. But, you know, the, the world over needs a nine. Um, you know, everyone wants a striker who can score some goals. So, you know, are we looking within the club to try and uh, get one of those? Well, that player is Louis Britton, isn't it, who scored... Well, who scored the goal that uh, cost uh, Meilerhoff Mel about 200 quid in a prediction league, you know, because, you know, when that went in, that was 200 quid gone down the, gone down the drain, just getting that consolation. But he's that, he's that bustling centre forward, isn't he? Well, the first thing he did was knock someone out more or less, you know, he had a challenge and took him out. And I thought, hello, welcome. Yeah. Good lad. You know, yeah. so, uh, you know, that bit of presence, look, I, I, I haven't seen enough of him to, to say, you know, he's he's the answer to it. But, but you know, we need we need someone like that, um, you know, that, that, that we can play around. But you're asking, again, a lot of money to find that, whether, you know, we've been in we've been in France, haven't we? We've been in Ligue 2 in France picking up, um, you know, your, your, your fans. Jonathan Codgers. Jonathan Codgers and found some decent strikers who can score goals. They may not be, you know, the absolute answer, but they're decent players. So we all need one of those. But I think you'll be, you might be disappointed come the beginning of the season, the first game. I think you might see Naki out on the left-hand side. I think in most City fans will be disappointed from that perspective because, you know, he's never... He's never. He's not a guy to play with a smile on his face, but he certainly hasn't had it here that many uh, on that many occasions. So, I mean, look, we've got a squad. Um, you know, if you look at some of the other youngsters on the fringes, Saiku Janna, uh, he's featured well. Riley Towler, I think he's had a bit of a knock. I think the youngsters up front, um, Bell, Pearson, and Conway. I think to me. Conway is probably the one that's slightly ahead of the other two. He scored that goal away at uh, Millwall in one of the rare victories that uh, that Nigel got. I mean, get back to off the field. Um, Paul Simpson, sadly, is being treated for his uh, cancer, but we've been out and signed uh, as a replacement coach, whose name's totally escaped me now, the ex-Middlesbrough, Curtis, Curtis Fleming. Yeah. He's coming and joined the coaching staff. But I read today that... Um, Aston Villa following John Terry's departure are sniffing around after Keith Downing. Yeah. So <laughs> I think Nigel's got the team around him. Do you think that anything above 12th this year with this squad and no likelihood of raising money worthy of the name, do you think anything above 12th will be a success for this season? Or what are your yeah, I, 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 I'd, be, I'd be happy with that. I think we'll have good spells, we'll have bad spells. Um, but yeah, I think upper mid table, it would be a huge achievement. Um, I think, you know, we've got a, we've got a good enough squad. There is no way we should be in a battle down at the bottom. We got that. I mean, that would be poor and I would, you know, success this year, I think would be a yes above 12 and Nigel still, uh, in his role as manager. And then I, then I'd be happy. 
by which time you'll have one more transfer window, that horrible January transfer window. And then we'll, 12 months time, we'll be talking, looking ahead and thinking, right, how, you know, are our youngsters um, uh, good enough to start coming in? Or can we start just pensioning off some of the old boys and replacing them with some, some decent signings? Um, yeah. I like the fact we've got a bit more experience in there. So it'll help them going through the middle. But, you know, clearly we need a bit of stardust if we're going to even think about playoffs. Yeah, maybe that stardust is within if somebody like Alex Scott does break through and show what he can do. And finally, uh, Angus, thank, thanks ever so much for your time today. I've got to just wind the clock back, well, it's nearly three weeks ago now, the Euros. Um, lost opportunity on the day, maybe overall the best team won the competition, but lost opportunity on the day, the way it was managed. Yeah, totally. I, I look. I think Gareth. You, I don't think you can criticise Gareth because he, he got through to a final. Was he slow to react? Um, maybe a little uh, on field. Uh, he was a little bit slow to react to Roberto Mancini's substitutions and then couldn't get a hold of the game. Um, I, my my big question was would always be you know do you want a teenager taking your fifth penalty um, and. But even going back before then, I think the crucial penalty was Marcus Rashford's. If he'd scored, we're, we're ahead with two yeah. penalties to go. And that changes the mindset for a Jaden Sancho and Bakayo Saka. So that, that changes but we were lucky. Mindset. We were lucky to get that chance when their guy missed, weren't we? Because he's got 100% record. So well, we had... You know, Jorginho, I mean, that's a brilliant save. So you're back in the game. But then... For a teenager to do it, no criticism of him whatsoever. I, I don't think. Whatever you've seen in in practice at St George's Park, he takes a great penalty. I don't think, you know, can you really put it on the shoulders of a 19-year-old who's had barely one season playing senior football mm. with a nation on it? And I think, no, you, someone else has to, you know, be that person to finish off. There we go, Angus. Thanks a lot for that. Here we go. Just stop the recording. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you're still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.